The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Pitchers and catchers are reporting, and we have a lot to talk about here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Fantrax. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Todd, uh, regrettably, I am not in the best shape of my life. and In fact, I'm in the worst shape of my life. But regardless, hmm. I am pumped to talk to you today and uh, good to be on with you as always. I'm not in the best shape of my life, but I'm not in the worst either. I That's say good, that. man. I'm pretty but, um, happy for you. I mean, you mentioned... You mentioned pitchers and catchers reported, like not all pitchers. I can think of a couple that haven't reported yet. Yeah, it's with a lot of free agents, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, ah, I don't know. I I kind of feel I understand the ne- the need or the right to get as much money as you want, but I also think, and I kind of took some heat for saying this on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. I think it's a little disrespectful not to be a pitcher and not to be signed at this point. I think you're kind of, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just over getting old or whatever, getting soft, but the camaraderie and the building with the teammates and getting used to your catcher and getting used to the culture. I think pitchers should be reporting with the team. I don't know. Just kind of a little weird to me. Well, yeah, they're behind the eight ball already, so we'll see yeah. if they're able to get caught up in time. Those guys I mean, are still I, pretty I, I, met, I mentioned that, and someone's well, now you downgrade in Montgomery and Snell? No, not yet. You know, let's let's see. It's more about, you know, I'm just old and was tired at night and did a dumb tweet, but I don't know. I still – I do kind of think that – so, you know, we get wrapped up in the numbers. I think there is something to, um, you know, showing you're working as hard as everybody else and being in camp and doing the the, the pitcher uh, fielding PFPs and that sort of thing. Well, one guy is not going to be taking PFP uh, for a while. <laughs> Kyle Bradish, tough news. Yeah. O's yeah. camp, huge news right up from the jump. Uh, sprained UCL, and as we know, Todd, a sprain means partial tear. Now, the latest today is that Bradish is said to be very confident that he will be able to contribute this year, but – uh, the rest in rehab routes, you never know. It could always end up being Tommy John surgery in the end. They're hoping to avoid it. But obviously, this is a, a big blow to a guy we talked about last week who was maybe pushing up into that next tier. 
now he's, I mean, I, I kept him in my top 300, but just barely. And next update, I may just take him off my board. No, for sure. And what Masahiro Tanaka is probably the best example of somebody who for year and year and year after year was able to get away with the partial tear and still pitch. Uh, Chris Sale is a recent example of someone who tried and failed. So, you know, we can we can speculate all we want. We just we don't know. And I think Braddish is a little bit of a risk. You know, anybody who's not that dominant and relies on ratios to have your fantasy goodness is a, a little bit of a risk. He hadn't proved it long enough. So now, you know, it's like, oh, good. Someone took Braddish. I can take this guy. Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just a shakeup, really, in that top 100. And for the O's, too, John Means also hurt. So he's his elbow flared up in the offseason. Means saying he hopes to be back in April, but uh, right away the O's going to be tested with that depth. Cole Irvin, yeah. Tyler Tyler Wells, it's you know not terrible options for Baltimore, but uh, for a team that has high hopes of not only making the postseason but making a push to the World Series, they're already uh, being stretched thin here. Right now, with means, all right. I'm not comparing him to Walker Bueller, but this, you know, the scenario is the same in that he wasn't going to pitch 32 games, right? So now it's if you're planning on him to pitch 20 or 22, he misses. Well, hopefully only for, for John Means, maybe only first five or six, and then he misses five more throughout the course of the season with some maintenance. Um, we'll say the thing with Means we were curious is some home run issues. We hadn't seen him pitch long enough in Camden Yards to know if the left field is going to help him as much as we think it's going to, because he's been hurt since the renovation. So that's kind of the, what we're waiting on. But it also doesn't also put Baltimore back in the running for Snell and Montgomery. who We talked about or a trade for Dylan Cease. Cause man, we could, we could talk to James all, you know, for an entire show about the Orioles prospects. Yeah, it does make me wonder if they're going to be forced to make another move here. And mentioned Tyler Wells. He had a really kind of strange season. He was awesome the first yeah. like three months. And then he got, he hit a wall, got sent to to uh, AAA and moved to the bullpen. So hard to know exactly what role he's going to fill. So, you know, in that division, they don't have a lot of wiggle room. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what dominoes fall as a result of the Spradish injury and the, the means injury. Not not just that. All right, they got Craig Kimbrell, but he's not locked it down, you know, in your near Cano, there's a reason why they got Kimbrell. So you can't even say just give us a few, you know, five and get go to the bullpen. The bullpen is not as locked down as one may think. Um so it's it is interesting. It's just it, it just it's another I don't know if it brings everybody closer to the pack in the AL East, but you can make a case for four of the five teams, you know who I'm leaving out, that could take the division and make a wild card. <laughs> I do know who you're leaving out. Um and they're gonna we'll score some runs, the Red Sox. They're just yeah. not gonna get anybody out. Their their closers already hurt. Uh well, maybe maybe he's not. <laughs> maybe Mark maybe Chris Martin's not. No, I um <laughs> right. It, it's nothing. It it I was kind of hoping the Red Sox would trade Kenley just to get something for him before he's untradeable. That That is, he doesn't pitch so well. Well, another piece of injury news we got right away with pitchers and catchers reporting. Justin Verlander of the Astros, a couple weeks behind schedule 
due to a right shoulder injury, uh, said to have bounced back well from his throwing session yesterday. But did you see uh, that clip? Man, he looked like he was laboring, which is not really what you want with a first spring throwing session. I did not see the clip. You know, we all think that Verlander wears a cape after what he did coming back from Tommy (laughs) John. Uh, He had a, I mean, by the numbers, he had a terrible year last year, but he, the numbers weren't as bad as the underlying skills. So, yo, yeah, this is this is going to be going to be interesting. I don't think the Astros counted on Verlander for a tip, you know, like you said, 42, 43 years old. He's the kind of guy you want healthy down the stretch, and they're gonna rely on Framber and, and Urquidy and, and some of the younger guys, maybe Garcia later in the year. Kind of what the Dodgers are doing with their entire staff. But I don't know. Um I was off Verlander. I mean, there's the way I draft pitching, I can't afford to make a mistake, even though I always do. So he wasn't a guy that I was interested in. Yeah, still uncertain as to opening day. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But a couple weeks behind schedule would make me think he could be cutting it pretty close Yeah, uh, to the yeah. start of the season. So, yeah, you said you're already off of him. I lowered him pretty significantly in my ranks. I mean, and I haven't lowered just him. Tough to pull the trigger on when you're in a draft, right? Yeah, I haven't lowered him since the news, but mm-hmm. I was kind of down on him a little bit just because this, um, I, I just I projected him towards last year's skills, which were just not very good. Uh, chat comment almost also mentioned that JP France also hurt for the Astros. So <laughs> that, that could be, uh, a, that could a be couple, a bonus. A, a couple AL teams already, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. With some injuries, so too bad there's no pictures out available that they could pick up to, uh, supplement yeah nobody out there (laughs) Uh, real quick uh, bear with me we're going to bring you a quick word from our friends at fantrax fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues coming from another service fantrax makes it easy fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry including minor league players do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform, waivers, category, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. And uh, Todd, we were just talking about a veteran in Justin Verlander. Another guy, I just kind of had a a thought that I wanted to run by you. And, uh, you know, I made it the the headline of the show. Didn't mean it for it to be like clickbaity, but I'm kind of wondering if Garrett Cole is overvalued for this season. Um, I don't want to speak for Derek Cardi, but the bat only has him as the fifth best starting pitcher. I saw that uh, Ariel Cohen's ATC, which we're lucky to have on the site now, by the way, huge addition for Rotowire, having ATC projections. ATC has them as a $40 pitcher right behind Strider. So um, ATC still likes them, but yeah, there was a, a pretty big dip in strikeout rate, down to 27%. The fastball dipped a tick, 33 years old, ADP still in the top 15. So I'm expecting a lot of those main event drafts He'll be right smack dab in the middle of the first round. What do you think? Is it going too far to say 
Cole is overvalued coming off a of Cy Young win? I think it is. I think I don't want to call this a trap. You know, a lot of people are talking about this. Uh, maybe because, like you suggested, uh, uh, Derek's stuff is out. I, ATC is a conglomeration of a bunch of different projections. Mm. So if if he's still fairly high in that, then that means there's some some systems that that Arrow uses that he that he's still high. I uh, I took he's still my he's my he's my number one pitcher, but as people know, maybe I'm safe to uh, too safe if you will. Um, the strikeout rate did dip, but it's still a strong 27%. He throws the four-seamer a little bit more than half the time, and he throws four other secondaries, which are actually a higher strikeout rate or highest swinging strike than his four-seamer. He's been introducing a cutter. To me, he's kind of a, ce- a cerebral guy. So, I mean, the projectionist in me doesn't really do this, but you know, the guy drafting, I can see Cole making some adjustments. And regaining some of that strikeout rate, even though the swinging strike dropped in the four seamer, the hard contact also dropped. Whether that's coincidental or conscious, you know, something that, that was planned, we're not sure. And strikeouts are much more sticky than contact, hard contact. So that could just be a, you know, serendipitous more than anything else. So I'm not, I'm not drafting pitcher in that range but Cole is still my my top guy now I will say that the delta between Cole Strider and the rest is a lot smaller right it used to be Cole's in his own tier and then the rest now it's Cole and Strider are in their own tier but it's just a little bit above the rest Hmm. I agree with you there I'm starting to wonder though you know team construction wise game theory wise if if that's not really the move to draft Cole in the first round of 2024. I like Zach Gallon a lot, like Aaron Nola a lot. These are guys you can get a couple rounds later. And, you know, there's only a few of those, as many good young players as there is in Major League Baseball, there's still really only those few guys that really help you across the board in five categories offensively. So I'm starting to wonder if, you know, as good as Cole is, as great as the track record is, if he may not really be a wise choice in the first round. Another thing too, is that the home runs, you know, for Cole were down last year, but as a guy who throws righty, you know, the guys with the platoon edge, the lefties have that short porch out in right field at Yankee stadium. I think the home runs could shoot up again for Cole. No, no, no doubt. He, he and... had that issue a couple of years ago. Pretty bad. Right. Now, when you strike out a bunch of guys and don't walk any, you can win a lot of games three to two with two, you know, you know, you know, I don't know if you want to, but so it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I think it just, it's just to me, it just, it speak. You, I think you're right. I wouldn't have drafted Cole when he was worthy of the five pick. It's just my style more than anything else. But I think even though I have Cole ranked higher, I think if I'm, if I am going to take a picture, it may be, I may, maybe that's because I, you know, ranked, numerically or, or formulaically, but if I'm actually drafting, maybe that's why Strider's ahead of him because people are drafting that little bit of upside. Uh, if you're going to take a shot and draft a pitcher, might as well go all in, right? And that's Spencer Strider. Uh, yeah, but, the uh, know, odds on favorite by a good stretch to, to lead the majors in strikeouts again. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned Gallon and Nola. I've got the, the second pick in my Nerf draft this Sunday. 
part of the Earth League. Uh, it's kind of a mini TGFBI. And looking at the the um, plotting out, I mean, obviously you go with the flow, blah, blah, blah. But I should be able to get a decent pitcher in the third and a decent pitcher in the fifth. And then good bats in the second, uh, second, third, and fourth. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, first, first, second, and fourth. Mm. And, you know, getting a Webb and Enola or Gaussman and uh, Freed or something like that. If it goes according to the current ADP, now these this is this is an it's an NFPC platform, but it's not NFPC draft, so you never can tell if things are going to go the same way. But um, I kind of like I don't like the second pick because I want Kyle Tucker, and people think I'm an idiot for taking Kyle Tucker second. I would have him, I'd rather have him the fifth pick and take him fifth. But, Do people um, really say that? I mean, I. I can't see how that could be labeled as idiotic. I mean, oh well. All right, let me let me rephrase behind that. Acuna, it's let me well, let me idiot. rephrase that. Mike Masado thinks I'm an idiot. How, how's that? <laughs> the Godfather. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So, but no people people disagree, and I understand it. Um, and it's not a matter of being to me. It's not a matter of being safe with Tucker. I think being safe is taking Rodriguez or Witt. You know, I think the chance is Tucker. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, are you in any of the are you in any of the earth leagues are they any up in your no area? i'm not in those but i think there was one that eric just eric halterman just went to maybe he was the closest to you um it was in cleveland so he he, he um it's not especially close so. no well that's that's a, it's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's uh that's as, as close as what i'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. you um, have some family there yeah actually Shout out to the uh that side of the link family yeah that's actually right. He's from Chicago. He's not with I mean, so that's a little bit, it's like a six hour drive from Chicago. But anyway, um, well, maybe, maybe there'll be a, uh, will be Murph. What would be, what would be up in Wisconsin? Well, not, I was thinking Milwaukee. Uh, we'll, we'll have to, you have to get one up in the, in the, uh, it's not a Chicago one anymore. Well, I don't, well, the Glurf was Wisconsin, the Great Lakes. So oh, maybe, it, Lakes. maybe it was okay. a combination of, and they just had it in Cleveland this time. But, uh, interesting. Nerf is this weekend. We shall see with the Lar Michaels trophy on the line. I uh, love Lar. Uh, that's a trophy I'd like to get my hands on one day. But I just wanted to run that by you about Cole because, yeah, in a vacuum, I think he's about where he should be. But I think I'm going to alter my ranks because push comes to shove uh, after battle testing a little bit more. I just don't like the construction when you go with Cole in the yeah. first round. Well, I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I've never had, no, I, I'm calling him up now. I think, I think I may have Cole around the 15, you know, around 15, 16, um, which I think is probably practical, if you will. I mean, if I am going to, at the turn, I don't think I'm going to take him any earlier than that, but I can see taking a pitcher at the turn. I'm not going to, but I can, I, it, I think it's justifiable. Well, we're on the topic of the Yankees. Some other news in their starting rotation. Nestor Cortez said today that he expects to be ready for opening day. He's battling that shoulder. I guess he's coming back from it. Um, but, yeah, according yeah. to the New York Daily News, he expects to be ready for opening day. And also Carlos Rodon, already touching 97 miles per hour in live BP. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you you don't love that. <laughs> uh, maybe he should gradually build himself up a little bit given his injury issues, but Nestor Cortez, Carlos Rodon, you interested in either of these guys for uh, 2024? Um, at, at Cortez's price, I'm, I'm curious. Rodon, I don't know whether it's been the news or just optimism. He's being drafted. Like he's going to pitch 24 games and be great. And I think that's a little, 
Yeah, I could. Although before, I think he had an injury kind of early on in the off season last year. But coming off that twenty twenty two season with the Giants, man, people were really excited to draft. Uh, I was high on Rodon because it has to do with uh, the skills were otherworldly for yeah, two years. Twenty twenty two, yeah. But for two, I know one of the years he was hurt, but the skills were still off the charts. Yeah, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. You're right. Was he, he was hurt in 21 or didn't pitch a full season in 21, if I recall. But the, the thing was, people were downgrading him because of Yankee Stadium. And, like, there's my opportunity because Yankee Stadium isn't as bad of a pitcher as much of a – it's a home run park, as you suggested, but it's not a terrible pitcher's park. So I was I want Rodon now because there's a discount. Right now, I think people are – again, when we talk NFBC, we're very NFBC-centric – they, I don't want to say overwrite strikeouts. Um, I don't have the cachet with my finishes to say anything overrate or underrate in the NFBC, but they pay a lot for strikeouts, and I think that's what they're seeing from Rodon. Yes, his uh, ADP over in the NFBC right now is one sixty-seven point eight. Although he's gone as high as seventy-six, uh, that's on the way optimistic side. But I do kind of see him maybe pushing closer to one hundred. You know, if he continues to pitch well, although maybe he shouldn't because. Well, the skills have been outstanding. It's been one injury after another for Rodon. So that's the eleventh or twelfth round. That's that. Yeah. Well, first and of all, Cortez probably, is going almost hundred picks later on that. I'd rather take you know at the price rather take a shot at Cortez. Maybe it's just that's kind of when I'm looking for a closer is the eleventh or twelfth round. Again, go with the flow. Don't marry anything. Don't map out the entire draft. Uh, I just think that that's to me that's. It's it's such a risk reward, and the reward is huge. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's more my style. I can't afford. Um, I'll take my chances with the hit the hitters more than I will with the pitchers. I I need the solid pitchers. Word out of Marlins camp is that Yuri Perez will be on an innings restriction. That per John Morosi of MLB.com, not a huge surprise given his age. No, not really a surprise at all. But uh, you know, really high upside pitcher that people are pretty excited about but if we try to realistically nail down his innings projection uh, between the majors and the minors last year i think it was what, a little over 120 let me double check that um, yeah it's more than people think yeah i mean a pretty good number let me see uh 128 between the majors and the minors so what do you think is i mean 160 realistic or is that optimistic I think it's within the range. I don't think you add fifty and say he's in the hun- mid mid one seventies. No, I don't think so. I think you can. I think you could expect between one fifty and one sixty five. And if the Mar- Marlins do get in the wild card like they did last year, you can still get a couple of starts and then kind of play it by ear. Um, I mean Perez. This doesn't. I mean it, this is. I don't know. More anecdotal, but was in a stratomatic league with mainly rookies being drafted, and he was the number one pick. Ahead of Grayson Rodriguez, ahead of uh, Ellie De La Cruz, that just this just speaks to the the long term potential. And in a sim league, you draft pitching because you keep everybody. It's not like oh keeper league, uh, you know, it's kind of a dynasty. You, but he was considered by the person with the number one pick to be the best rookie for the long term. And I you can argue that easily. I may have taken Grayson Rodriguez, and we got Bobby Miller seventh, and I was not unhappy about that. Uh, but anyway. Well, another piece of news just coming out within the last couple hours out of Marlins camp is that Braxton Garrett has a, yep. a sore shoulder. So that's 
Uh, bad news, he's being slow played in camp, according to Jordan McPherson of the Miami Herald. A guy that I was finally starting to come around on, Braxton Garrett, but now I'm going to have to probably pump the brakes. Uh, you just never love to see a injury this early. Don't want to write the guy off, certainly, but uh, I may have to adjust his rank as well, Braxton. Um, I think with Garrett, I mean, there's going to be a lot of pitchers who have shoulder soreness and you know we're hearing about it so much more because of social media and just the coverage not that we shouldn't be worried but i uh what it, what it might what it may do is if you were kind of on the edge and if this lowers the pr- it may lower the price enough for you to take that chance mm-hmm. um I, I i was on the, the the garrett bandwagon already sure i mean not my second or third starter but i liked him third, fourth, fifth, you know, later, little, little bit, because he's still a streamer in Miami. Um, But it it was more about, not only was he successful, if you looked at the schedule last year, he had a run of the Dodgers and the Bray, just pitching well against great teams and kind of know these, I I do some work for ESPN where we do some daily, uh, daily analysis. And he was, at that rate where he was a potential streamer, it seemed like, you know, I'm going to recommend Garrett, even though he's facing the, it's always a good team. So I just mm-hmm. kind of got to know him a little, well, I didn't get to know him, but you know what I mean? Familiar with his, with his um, uh, workload. Yeah. He got thrown into the deep end and I was skeptical last year about Braxton yep. Garrett, but the lefty did well. We'll see if he's able to turn the page on this uh, latest issue. I mentioned uh, Kenley Jansen earlier in the show. Uh, Again, that he's dealing with some lat soreness, but I, I said last week that I kind of like Garrett Whitlock as a potential to maybe, you know, if Jansen is traded, maybe step into that closer role. But Garrett Whitlock, we've gotten word, is battling for a rotation spot. I get it. You know, see what he's got there and maybe maximize his value, but it hasn't worked out in the rotation. Um, Just injuries, and I think he's best suited for that bullpen, but uh, do you think he's going to be able to make a transition back to starting Garrett Whitlock? I don't think we have enough evidence to say. I mean, I think we know he can be successful in the bullpen. Yeah. And we not he has had flashes of success in the rotation. So I think Boston and, and uh, 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 drawing a mental block on the new GM. Uh, oh, um, Breslow? Yes, Craig Breslow. Sorry. No. Mental block. Instead of sirens, we're going to have to be uh, polling one. I'm going to have my mic. I can't remember that guy's name. Um, but anyway, no yeah. sirens yet. But I forgot my first name. I think it, you know. I think I think it's a lot easier to let's stretch him out and see what happens, and then make Whitlock a free lever. Then all right, let's let him work an inning at a time. Oh no, we need him in the rotation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's not not this show's not going to win an award because what I just said, uh, but. <laughs> Hopefully for other things, but you know Tanner Houck, I think is in the same boat. I think Houck probably has more of a chance to stick in the rotation than does Whitlock. Mm-hmm. But um, in this, you know, if the Red Sox do sign one of the available free agents, I think Whitlock is the first to be. You know, I think he will probably continue to be stretched out, but he's the guy that will probably lose the job. You know, this is the case for a lot of guys, but. You know, when, when Whitlock has been shortened up, he's just had a lot more success. Uh, as a reliever, two six five career ERA. As a starter, four point seven six. So, 
But there's a lot of, I mean, it's it's noise. A lot of noise. There's a lot of noise yeah. in that. But but I mean, the point. But he's also being, never pitched more than 80 innings in a big league season. I just right. Oh yeah. I mean, I get that you want to. Look, he's 27 years old. You maybe want to give him one last chance, but. And you look at that bullpen. I feel like they could really use them there too. So. I, I'm drafting and profiling Whitlock as the reliever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I understand. You know, we're just we're, we're more reporting the news. I think, I think uh, maybe maybe you draft Jordan Hicks, hoping he starts. I'm not drafting Gordon uh, Garrett Whitlock, thinking he's going to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, on the hitting side of things, uh, I no- noticed a a note from our. Texas Rangers beat writer John Clemeno is awesome at what he does. Uh, posted a note on Justin Foscue. So I, I clicked through to the article too that he linked to, and it's Kennedy Landry of MLB.com. Really good stuff. Her best attempt at you know predicting the opening day roster. And she notes that DH is the only major hole the Rangers have. Uh, the manager said he's content to fill the role in a rotation style. Uh, but she says that Foscue is the clubhouse leader for the role. He was added to the 40-man roster over the winter. So, you know, maybe it's mostly just speculation on her part. But Foscue doesn't really have a defensive home. Not the most exciting guy, but does make good contact. Does this put Justin Foscue on your radar? I saw the note. I knew we were going to talk about it. I, I do my updates late late on Friday into Saturday. I have not I don't even know if I'm projecting him. I can actually see if I'm projecting him. Um but I didn't I was not projecting him for anything more than than you know ten or fifteen percent. I'll have to look into that to see. Uh so I, I need to do my due diligence. I mean I, I I read the I read the piece like you did and I looked at our our numbers on him. Like you said, I did nothing nothing flashed. I didn't see a huge, you know, I just saw you know, double-digit homers, double-digit steals, and decent contact. And he's a little bit older. I think he's 24. So I'm not saying he's not a he's not a he's not a finished product by any means. But we're not talking about like Wyatt Langford here. So mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, all right. So I'm projecting I think a lot him. of people expect. I'm glad you mentioned Wyatt Langford. And sorry to interrupt you. I just think a lot of people expect him to eventually force himself into a role and just kind of shake up that that lineup. So I, I guess the question is, if we're if if Foskey is the DH, that's assuming Langford doesn't make the team, because you got Evan Carter, Lieta Tavares, and Adolis Garcia. Yeah. So that's kind of a, if he does, I mean, like you're suggesting Wyatt Langford. I think everybody expects him to be up at some point, and I think with the with the compensation, not so much compensation pick, but the the extra draft pick, a lot of people thought that Langford could fetch that pick for the Rangers if he. Broke camp, so I think I think yep. I think it's still a work in progress, and I will up Foscue's projection more than ten percent, but that's more of a you know we don't think Wyatt Langford's going to be ready than anything else. Yeah, I, I know for a while in our projected batting order we had Langford. He is expected to attend big league camp, but he's not on the forty men yet. And I mean that may not prevent the Rangers from adding. Oh him. no, it won't. No, but but why you don't want to do it to you don't want to waste a, a spot if you're not going to break camp. Yeah, and you gotta remember with Langford, he has five games of experience at triple A and only Right, right. I mean, he has barely any big league or any professional experience. I mean 
The guy's barely played in the minor leagues. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, now, the thing with Foskey, you talking about, I mean, if he were to, you know, pick up some extra time at second base, well, Simeon doesn't miss any games, right? <laughs> he may play <laughs> two games at second base. It's a it's a 14 to 1 game in the sixth. Hey, let's take Simeon out. <laughs> he's just, you can't, you can't yeah. even say he's going to get, you know, once a week because Simeon doesn't come out of the lineup. Yeah, it's truly insane the plate appearance totals he's oh. racked up over the years. I mean, Marcus Simeon, I mean, even though I think nowadays people have caught on to how great he is, but he may be the most underrated player in, in baseball. Maybe. Just looking at he's the, so great. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at the um the Rangers designated hitter, you know, lineup, if you will. And all right, maybe Ezekiel Duran is is the next guy up, but they don't want really, to Rangers really don't have anybody that you're saying he's going to be their DH. Uh, Durant's just squeezed out of playing time with Josh Young or Josh Young around now. So um, if 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 it's Durant, if Durant is the bar, if you have to be better than Ezekiel Durant to be the DH, I can see where Foskey or Langford could pass that bar. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of those guys could could clear that. But yeah, why Langford was the fourth overall pick last year, so. He was drafted out of Florida and was able to climb up that ladder pretty quick last year. But yeah, 44 games of professional experience. I have a hard time seeing him breaking camp, but who knows? Yeah. And the never other thing, never. if we're on the subject, talking about Durant, uh, we don't know when Corey Seager's going to be ready. So Durant yeah, could they, start the season at shortstop. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. By the way, these uh, new MLB jerseys are getting getting trashed and i'm not (laughs) not too happy about what i'm seeing either i loved a good you know stitched big league jersey these kind of just look like kind of look like iron-ons you know like when you'd get it you'd make an iron-on shirt when you were a kid yeah they look like like a little league version of the professional yeah jersey i saw that uh manfred's trying to you know trying to stand up for the new jerseys but saying they're performance wear but Feels like the players are already griping about these, and may have to. You know, fanatics may have to pivot a little bit. <laughs> uh, over in San Diego, we got word from Dennis Lynn of the Athletic that Xander Bogarts is moving to second base. So, I don't know that this has major implications, but it will allow Xander Bogarts to add second base eligibility in relatively yeah. short order, which helps him. Um, just a slight shakeup to that middle infield. The only thing, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it off air before we started. The only thing I think it tells me is there's been some rumors that Kim may be on the block. Yeah. I've heard um, that. I think it it's at least it it says it tells me early on that San Diego is still gonna, you know, see what happens before they have another fire sale. Um Kim is just a better defensive player. He's just just a better defender. I thought Bogarts would be more suited to third than second. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see him at second. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, but the Padres kind of have this guy at third base entrenched in Machado. So <laughs> you really can't move Bogarts there. Yeah, that's true. I, kind of a strange team, this Padres team. You know, you know they, what else it does? They went for it, but now that they traded Soto, they're kind of in the weird spot. Sorry to cut you off. I still have, I still have openings. In their outfield and DH. I mean, hmm. as far as you know, waiting to see who signs what they do. What doesn't this doesn't this I mean, I actually could could, could have seen Cronenworth at second and Bogarts at first. But Cronenworth yeah. has already played some first. 
it is probably easier for Bogarts to transition to second base than it is the first base, at least in this short of a time. Um, but I, I could, I, I wonder if that would be better down the road. But what it does tell me is Cronenworth is going to be playing first base. I would think so. And they just signed Jerkson Profar to yeah. a one-year deal, one-year, one million dollar contract. That doesn't kind of, that kind of money doesn't lock him into anything. But no. I, I see we have him projected as the top left fielder for now. There isn't anybody. Uh, yeah, we'll see. And I saw somebody made an adjustment. I might have to change this back, but Matthew Batten maybe get a lot of time at third. It's a uh, it's kind of messy. Well, again, when Machado may not be starting the season, yeah, so he might have to yet. be a DH to start the season. Right, exactly. So I think yeah. that might be where the where the Batten bump comes at least initially. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I mean, I Cronenworth doesn't deserve ninety percent of the playing time, but that's what he's going to have to get right now. And neither neither does Profar. Is Jose Azucar a full-time center fielder? I guess if he's if it was like a lesser team, you want to find out. But if you have you Darvish and you have Joe Musgrove, you're still going for it. I don't know that you want to audition your center fielder in the, under those circumstances. True, true. Oh, uh, closer note that I wanted to bring up: Evan Phillips, according to manager Dave Roberts. We'll see the brunt of the saves for the Dodgers. So I think this was kind of expected, but does this endorsement from the skipper himself give you any added confidence in Phillips? Does it make you uh, more inclined to maybe jump him up? I want to know what brunt means because it didn't, he didn't, does that mean he's now on par with every other closer? You know, is he now on par with? Josh Hader, where if he's healthy and not healthy, if he's, you know, not, if he's rested, he gets the save or is, is it like 70% and Bruce Dargratterall still gets 20%, you know, is that's it, a good question. Brunt doesn't what, necessarily what does say he's mean? getting 90% of the chance. Yeah, I want to, is he the regular closer? Cause that didn't he get the brunt? Didn't he get at the brunt of the saves last year? Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what I want to know. And um, it's kind of like, the Pete Fairbanks scenario when he's now the guy when he's healthy, but will he be healthy? Um, I still want Gratterall, depending on the league as my hedge. Hmm. If I'm in a draft champions, if I, I will, if I can get Phillips, I still going to, I'll jump Gratterall up my, my rankings to in a, in a draft champions. I think people realize at this point, you don't make any in-season, well, you make in-season moves, but not pickups. So mm-hmm. um, you just have to time it right and hopefully have Gratterall help, you know, uh, active the week that he picks up the odd save. But yeah, this, but the Dodgers were potentially in the market for closer. I think it says where they're going to go with what they have. Out of Atlanta Braves camp, um, president of baseball operations Alex Anthopoulos said that uh, said Thursday that the team is leaning toward playing Jared Kelnick every day rather than platooning him. That's nice in theory, um, but once again, the hype train is starting to ramp up with Kelnick. And I have to admit, I am starting to have a little FOMO, like because I've liked him in the past. You know, kind of kind of could be a post-hype sleeper candidate here. In leagues, we have to start five outfielders. I'm going to be tempted again, but I'm trying to fight that a little bit. Uh, although I do think there are some good things that he's shown if he can get past the strikeout rate. 
So, right. I, what I'm looking for, I only have them 55% of the playing time. That's not very much. Mm-hmm. Some of that is injury risk as well. True. Maybe I need to go to 75. I'm looking to see, is there a platoon partner for Kalanick? Mm-hmm. And there isn't. I mean, JP Martinez is, is you know, no, he's not the, he's not, you know, Marcelo Zuna, but he's going to be DHing. So maybe in order to get more catcher, you know, get Darno into the, you know, behind the plate and get, get Murphy some at bats, maybe Yozuna plays left field on occasion against a tough lefty. But I think it's more about the Braves don't have a, a logical platoon partner. They traded him to the Red Sox. Juan Grissom was going to be the guy, but they traded him. So I think it's as much about, you know, we, we're going to give Kellen the chance because it's no one really worthy of the platoon at bats as much. And that's just saying that way is more as a more positive spin than, well, saying it the way Anthopoulos said it is a more positive spin. Well, we just don't have anybody else. Like I said. it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you're right that it's, I mean, they could maybe sign somebody, but the fact that they're already kind of saying, well, he doesn't have a platoon partner. Uh, may give Kelnick some runway here to to rack up at bats, and you know it was a pretty disappointing run, very disappointing run with Seattle. But I mean, just a few short years ago, it wasn't just me that was hyping this guy. It was pretty much every prospect analyst out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This would be one of the, the top players, and I don't know. It just the the Atlanta Braves, maybe not the Dodgers or the Rays, but. You trust what they can do in developing a guy and getting him to a new new level. So uh, I'm going to find myself tempted once again by Jared Kelnick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The guy that I thought was going to get traded this offseason, Todd, but it hasn't happened yet. And it, you know, it's starting to look less and less likely. Jonathan India, of my hometown, Cincinnati Reds, you know, it looked like a, it really looked like he was going to be traded. Um, it became well known that he was on the block. He was critical of the team over the summer with how they handled his uh, initial recovery from tear of his plantar fascia. So it's kind of a double-edged sword because. Yeah, he gets to stay in Cincinnati with that bandbox park. But now it's he doesn't really have a set spot on the diamond. They're saying he could move all over the place. Uh, McLean's now at second base. This guy, India, who's, you know, National League Rookie of the Year not too long ago. Now it's like, I don't even know if I want to have him on my board because 
the the playing time is just not set for India. It's kind of weird because isn't it? Didn't it? Didn't it seem like he played a lot less than three quarters of the season? Because with yeah. all the rookie, the influx of McLean and De La Cruz and Marte, it just when I went back to to profile him and just pro to project him, it's like wait, he played three quarters of the season, and he was pacing to twenty twenty. That maybe falling a little short in steals, but he could have gotten there, you know. So that's kind of I mean, the average was low, but it was like he wasn't he wasn't terrible. Um, he's kind of an OBP guy, but the, you know maybe a little bit low. But the point being. Right, where it's a, a good player, and all right, is it is it Spencer Steer? Who's going? Who who else is going to lose playing time? Because they've already said it's not Jimer Condelario. You kind of wonder at this point. It, it's done. You can't. You know, we're supposed to discuss what's going to happen when you know. Not why did they sign Condelario, but why did they sign Condelario? <laughs> sort of. I, mean, I kind of liked that signing, but they do have Noel V. Marte, and it's. Well, that was Spencer Steer. It's kind of crowded. Yeah, you trade India, and you really like that signing again. True, true, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And who's to say it won't happen? But, I mean, the way I'm – and I think that there's still, you know, Christopher and Canarcion – Christian and Canarcion – sorry, Christian and Canarcion Strand, it's not a foregone conclusion that he plays 150 games. So he he, he has to prove that he's worthy – you know, because Candelaria can play first, Spencer Steer can play first. There are some movable parts. I am rooting for Strand, and I think he will be fine. But that you know, there could be some playing time opening up there as well. So yeah, he would just need one injury or some struggles somewhere. But on paper, India's a, a backup right now. Well, the way they're talking about it is they are going to have somewhat of a rotation yeah, yeah. and have three or four guys play four or five spots. And we have De La Cruz and Condelario is kind of the, if they're healthy, they're there, right? A McLean. So then that leaves, leaves Strand and Condelario, or not, sorry, Strand. Um, well, McLean's going to play. So it's just, it's Strand, Steer, and then, Maybe Marte in India, you know, four guys for three spots with India probably projected for the fewest number of plate appearances, but you never know. Yeah, they gave India a two-year deal to basically avoid arbitration, but I kind of think this makes him more attractive as a trade piece for another team. Two years, eight and a half million, eight point eight million. Um just having know. him set in on that salary could make him more a more attractive trade piece. I don't know. That's just speculation. But if I was, you know, if I'm his agent, well, what do I know? It's like, all right, this is the contract. But if he's traded, the salary goes to this amount. Because <laughs> mm. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sign my player to make him more tradable. True, true. But you never know. India may again. He was critical of the team, and their the way they handled his injury. Maybe he wants out. I don't know. It's just a kind of a strange situation. A guy of that caliber who's, again, rookie of the year just a few short years ago. Now, uncertainty. It's kind of like a Dylan Carlson who, a little bit. when he broke in, had uh, a little bit. You know, over 50 extra base hits, I think, in 2021. Now his star has fallen so much that he's also a guy who's not on our depth chart projected for a starting role. And, and you know, as well, as you know, as well as anybody, because the Reds, you know, these extra parts of the infield, but you know, you got 
steer Friedel and Will Benson with Jake Fraley as the outfield. It's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of an imbalance there. I mean, they're nice players, but you look at that infield, it's like, wow. Then uh, the, the outfield's like, well, okay. Uh, you know, we'll see if Benson and Fraley can, can work out from platoon there, but we'll see. Um, you know, and someone will get hurt. We don't know who, but chances are. McLean's a guy that I think people are, are putting into the slightly overrated bucket, but I'm not sure I agree. I like what I see from McLean. Yeah, I really like his all-around game. He's kind of diminutive, uh, not the biggest guy, but, you know, in baseball, it's not all that important. I think he has enough pop for his yeah. size to to really contribute across the yeah. board. Yeah. Uh, we have a piece of news just coming down in the past few minutes here. Josh Young Uh-oh. of the Rangers set for an MRI after injuring his calf, felt discomfort in his left calf. Well, fielding ground balls today, so you know, they already have Corey Seager as a question mark now. Josh Young, uh, going to be evaluated for this calf injury. Just goes to show you what we think we know right now can be uh, changed like a light switch. It can, you know, a guy that you feel great about could uh, go down fielding ground balls. Right, and did we not? Yeah, we didn't uh, – maybe I'm thinking of the wrong team. But, right, so that's just another uh, – can Foskey play third? I mean, he plays second. I don't know. Maybe, but I just know that he's not well-regarded really anywhere defensively. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe that wouldn't be the – maybe that wouldn't be the move, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, they'll, you, you still have Matt Duffy hanging around. If it's only a short-term thing, Josh Smith. So there are bodies – within the organization to, uh, to to hang out over there if necessary. Are you giving any credence to Alec Manoa being in a good shape, appearing trimmer and throwing off a mound Thursday? I mean, it's crazy. I was drafting this guy highly last year. I know that didn't work out and looks stupid in retrospect, but you know, just one year ago, one year removed from him being a, Cy Young finalist in the American League. Are you going to be taking that gamble? I believe I will, especially in a fab league where if it doesn't work out, I can replace him. Because the thing with Manoa, and I was on Manoa too, he wasn't a high – I mean, he was an adequate strikeout guy, but he wasn't a dominant high strikeout guy. So we're relying on, you know, low walks, low low home runs, you know, and and to keep those ratios – Kind of continue to outpitch his peripherals, mm-hmm. so that we, we, the you and I and others, were already taking a little bit of a risk. I think we also thought there was more coming by way of strikeouts. Yeah, so, I definitely did because he. Yeah. I mean, he averaged you know over ten per nine in twenty twenty one, and that fell to under a strikeout per inning in twenty twenty two. So, yeah, we were kind of betting on the come a little bit there. So now you know head games, mental, all this other stuff. I. You know, to me, this it's still there, and I I I don't I'm not going to draft him in AL labor where I can't get rid of him, right? <laughs> you know, he's on my team, or in order to get rid of him, I have to dump him. Uh, but I'm I'm in the uh, like I mentioned before, I'm I'm in the uh, the Nerf draft this weekend. It's played on the NFPC platform with Fab. It's like the main event style, not a draft champions. I could see myself taking him and you know dumping him for a another pitcher down the road. 
So I do think mm-hmm. I is it FOMO? Eh, I don't know if it's FOMO. Maybe it's a it's FOMO, but not like FOMO. You know, it's not Mike Trout FOMO, but it's a it's it's a step below Jerry Kalanick FOMO. But yeah, it's there. You know, his walks really shot up. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was crazy to from two point three per nine to six point one per nine. It seemed like he kind of lost his confidence. Yeah, I no, know that's exactly. kind of a narrative, and you can't quantify it. But I mean, well, from going from a Cy Young finalist to the season he had, spending time in complexly getting rocked down there, just seems like it. Part of it was in his head last season. And you know, if we're talking narrative and makeup, the the pitch clock. Was, yeah, was, yeah. was was fed into all that. He was one of the guys that there was concerned to the slow pace and some players, some pitchers worked around, you know, got used to it and made it part of their routine. Maybe it got into his head and he needed this time to declare it out and he'll be fine again. We'll, uh, we'll have, you know, of course, talking about shortening the pitch clock, but that wouldn't be good. But there's enough of those anecdotal reasons to stay on Manoa. Friend of the site, Jenny Butler, one of the best NFPC players out there. I saw she had a good post, something she does with her cheat sheet heading into drafts is to keep the prior year's ADP in the cheat sheet somewhere. I think with Manoa, that just, you know, I think the fall has probably been too dramatic in terms of yeah, no, where yeah. he's going. We, it's, we have to remember how he was generally thought of just one year ago. It's, I think having, keeping prior the prior year's ADP in mind does kind of help ground you a little bit to maybe not getting caught up in being too much of a prisoner of the moment. And I think no, that's absolutely kind of what does. we are absolutely does. where we are with Manoa right now. No, I agree. And I agree. I agree with your Jenny analysis as well. Also, we just got word that just uh, Justin Bieber, Shane Bieber <laughs> will not have any restrictions in the spring. I think he's a, is he a, he went to driveline guy. Yes. Because Bieber's yes. starting to get some helium in drafts right now. Yep. Um, it was more about the um the 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 MPH on his fastball. He was showing yeah, he's already adding zip. adding some velo back. Is that it? Yeah, a- adding a little bit of zip. And that, that that's the thing with Bieber was all right, did he transition from being, you know, the kind of a high strikeout guy and is now figuring out how to do it with Guile? Well, if he continues to show the guile and can throw the ball a little faster, maybe we have something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, he was a guy that was kind of just, I have to admit, he was kind of artificially high on my cheat sheet, and I kind of had to reconsider. But, I mean, this guy, at his peak, he had the best command I think I've ever seen on a baseball field. I mean, putting it exactly where yeah. he wanted yeah. in and around the zone. Yep. He did reach 200 innings just in 2022. And really, if you look at 2022, he had an awesome season. Uh, strikeouts down a little bit, but, uh, you know, if he is healthy and is coming off a successful stint at driveline, it could be a nice season for him. And Cleveland really seemed to stand pat and, and not trading him. And so you know, I think maybe they do at the deadline, but after he regained some of his value. Yeah, this may be the time to get him before you know word gets out and yeah. the, the the you know the picks come up, go a little bit higher, go a little bit higher. Now maybe the time if you can get him as your SP two or three, this may be the time to do it. He says to himself with a draft coming up on Sunday. 
Well, I, I've been a little surprised with the rumors of Emmanuel Classe potentially getting traded. You put any stock into those in Cleveland? I do only because I think Cleveland understands that. I mean, I don't want to call it fungible, but they're pretty good. I think they could find a replacement is what I'm saying. I think if you can get something, I mean, it's same in fantasy. If you can get something for your closer, you'll find another closer. And I think Cleveland realizes they're in the same boat. Unfortunately, all right, you're trading the, the league leader in saves. But you're also trading the league leader in blown saves. Yeah, you know? he had a lot of saves, but man, he went through a stretch where he just couldn't seem to shut the door. We, we talked That's about strange. we talked about cold strikeouts falling. Classes, I think, fell worse. Uh, yeah, a boy, steeper, a steeper drop. I knew he blew a lot of saves, but I did not realize it was twelve yeah. blown saves. Led the league, Classes. led the league in blown saves. Yes, yeah, which just shows how many games. opportunities. Yeah, shows how many opportunities Cleveland gave last year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, good pitcher. He loved that bowling ball pitch, yeah. but, uh, you know, the K's did drop. Could be time to yeah, get something for him and just – because it's always about making that next closer, I think. Yeah. Especially for good, smart teams. It's about, yeah, getting something for a guy like that while you can then developing that next uh, next closer. I kind of wonder what Kyle Manzardo's role Cleveland's yeah. going to be on the hitting side to start the year. I, I, there's a reason why I picked up Scott Barlow in a couple of leagues. Ooh, that's uh, he may uh, not he may not be the clubhouse leader, but hey, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Manzardo, he was he was kind of a, a hot topic at first pitch. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the initial presentations uh, questioned his ability to catch up with high heat. <laughs> it wasn't a universal opinion. But, you know, it, it's, you know, th- th- that's what you want. That's why we go to first pitch is to get varying opinions. So now, now I'm, I didn't make a note. He can't handle high heat. I made a note. Check out to see what happens in the spring with high heat and Manzardo um, so, sort of thing there. He impressed during the home run derby. Well, whatever. You know, he had he had a, he had a good fall league. But there's an opportunity there for sure because Cleveland needs. Now, all right, Manzardo's not a slugger, but. They need more than a, you know, they need a, a run producer, and Manzardo could be a run producer. Yeah, it kind of felt like, well, he was trading, what, for Savali straight up, right? So yeah, it kind of felt like it, in that trade, the Rays were kind of saying, we don't really believe in this guy as a long-term piece, but Cleveland kind of emphatically said, we do. So I do think they're going to look to him as a key, key producer, but will it be a DH or will they – Maybe they don't want to break the guy in at DH. Uh, maybe he plays first and Naylor plays DH. I, I don't know, but uh, he's kind of a big X factor, in my opinion. Yeah, I was I was doing some work with the Indian uh, and the Guardians before. Who was I looking at? Trying to feel, trying to figure out where Will Brennan fits in. Um, yeah, he's a tough guy to figure out. Yeah, and then you know, just Florial, you know, trying to figure out what to do with Brennan because he was showing up as like a one dollar player and mixed. Like I wouldn't even consider him until reserve. So I need to you know where what am I doing wrong here or, or or whatever. A lot of that has to do with Manzardo and more so is the DH spot filled or can Cleveland Cleveland rotate some guys through it? Well, this has been a blast, man. This has flown by. It's been a great already hour. an hour talking basically. Yeah, already an hour. 
We appreciate all you for hanging with us. Those of you who are with us on YouTube, or if you're listening through traditional means of the podcast, we appreciate you as well. We'll be here every single Friday until, you know, the sun fizzles out essentially. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking forward to it, Todd, and a lot of great stuff we touched on today. If you missed our discussion about Garrett Cole, I saw one comment in the chat that wanted us to touch on Cole. Go back and check out that convo. I think that was worthwhile. Anything else on your mind today, Todd? No, I, uh, I filled in for those uh, interest. I filled in for Jeff yesterday. I had a nice talk with Ron Chandler. Yeah, uh, new so, book coming out. Yeah, right. check and then and if you if you are interested in listen because he will give the the discount code several times. Uh, so that that was nice. But no, looking forward to it. It's uh, close to the end of profile season for me. I write yeah. over, over, I write whatever in the hundreds, um, several Same. closer to a thousand and five hundred profiles, getting close to the end, and I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Drafts are beginning, as we kind of talked about. Um, mixed labor's coming up, tout wars, draft and hold starts next week. Yeah, juices are beginning to flow. Hell yeah, man, it's an exciting time. I can't wait to see you in New York uh, next month. and see a lot of people you know i wasn't at first pitch last year so it's going to be great to catch up with a lot of people and yeah uh, great to be on with you all hope you'll join us again next friday on the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast brought to you by fan tracks everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.